everybody, and welcome to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill, and today going to be talking about, well, smug. Yeah, smug. Because this week's episode is Smug Alert. So, this episode, we're in... You know, we're in 2006 right now, and uh, hybrid cars are becoming a thing at this time, but in a weird way, I sort of don't remember hybrid cars, so um, this is going to be a very interesting episode, and at some point, I will be talking about somebody that has actually been on South Park, and... uh, Well, they get made fun of, let's just say that. So, without any further ado, here is this week's episode, Smug Alert. The episode was written and directed by Trey Parker and originally aired March 29, 2006. Excuse me. Our episode begins with Gerald in his brand new hybrid car with Kyle and Ike. And Gerald is, well, he's acting a little smug. Because he's got a brand new hybrid car and this car helps helps the earth. Doesn't, you know, pollute the earth. It doesn't do any harm whatsoever. So, Gerald ends up going to the hardware store and he starts giving out fake tickets to people who drive SUVs, trucks, basically anything that hurts the environment and takes like little gas to the mile, you know, like gallons to the mile. Well, Randy sees this and he gets into an argument with Gerald, which leads to Jimbo getting involved. And then the they took my job guy is there. And Gerald gets upset and he takes Kyle and Ike back home with him. So that night, uh, Sheila and Gerald have, are having a discussion while Kyle and Ike try to convince their dad that what they are doing is or what he's doing acting this way is wrong and he's alienating himself from the community so Gerald believe it or not agrees with them which is why he's decided that they're all moving to San Francisco Yep, good old San Francisco. Oh boy. Can't wait to talk about that one in a little bit. So Stan is in his room looking at a book. Maybe maybe he's doing homework. When Butters comes in and tells him that Cartman is throwing a goodbye party for Kyle. And Stan just, you know, has just heard that Kyle is moving and Cartman is throwing this goodbye party. So, Cardman has a party. He's got a lot of people there. He's got Kool-Aid there to give the drinks to. But there's no Kyle. 
And some of the kids are wondering, well, where's Kyle? Cartman does not invite Kyle to his own goodbye party <laughs> because the whole idea the whole idea of a go away party is you know to sort of in a way to honor the person who's leaving and wishing them good luck in the very near future where Carmen is just he's leaving thank god i don't have to deal with him anymore so stan tries to convince Mr. Broflovsky to stay in the town and he said that the only way that he would ever come back to this town is if everyone in the town started to drive hybrid cars and thus the Broflovskys have gone and are on their way to San Francisco more on them in just a little bit so Stan starts writing a song or attempts to write a song. And he's writing this song to get people back into, or to get people to drive hybrid cars. And Carmen and Butters come in, and Carmen, you know, makes fun of it, and then he makes fun of Butters, calling him a Jew. We'll get to that one again in a little bit. Well, you see, folks... Stan successfully writes the song, and it ends up becoming a hit. It is such a big hit that everybody in South Park has bought a hybrid car. So, because of this, Stan has been given an award for making South Park the number one town in the United States with the most hybrid car owners. Stan's speech is real simple. I just want to go and try to get my friend Kyle back to move to town. Plain and simple. So, he leaves the stage and he's met with Ranger McFriendly. I wish this was a more consistent character, but it is not. Ranger McFriendly punches Stan in the arm and tells him you know, look look what you've done because of your gay little song. So he shows him that because of this, there is now smog in South Park. Because of the smog, there is smog in South Park. So it goes back and forth. Um, and because really, because of this, they are now emitting smog into the town. And they are now the second highest level of smug in the country only behind San Francisco so the Bothlovskis are in San Francisco and they start to meet their new neighbors and apparently one of the things that people like to do when they're in San Francisco the people that live there is they like to smell their own farts I have never done that or at least the way that it is portrayed on this episode so, you know, they throw this party and Kyle and Ike try to get acquainted with some of the kids in the neighborhood and they're like, well, how, you know, how do you deal with this? And they basically tell them that they just take drugs, a lot of drugs, and they offer them some acid. Uh, uh, Kyle takes a little bit, 
Ike takes three hits of acid. Oh my god. So, now, Stan is on the phone. He's trying to get to the Brofilovskis, but apparently they are not, you know, in a phone book in San Francisco right now. Meanwhile, Cartman and Butters are playing football on, I, I guess it's like a PlayStation or, well, yeah, I guess it would be a PlayStation, but we'll just call it a video game console. And he calls Butters a Jew again, Butters laughs it off, and Butters is like, well, I'm not Jewish. And Cartman is just depressed because, well, he now has no one to riff on. And then Ranger McFriendly comes back. And I want to play this scene because this is a very interesting scene and, and maybe one of my favorite scenes of this episode and already in season 10. So I'm going to set up the scene. We have Stan, Cartman, and Butters with Ranger McFriendly and the local weatherman. They're looking at a map. That is your scene. Here's the clip. I noticed it on the computer this morning. Look here. This is the smug over South Park. It's getting bigger and gaining strength. It's Meg. The smug is getting so massive that it's moving west and fusing with the San Francisco smug here. These two smug clouds are combining, fueling each other. Now take a look at this. What is that? It's the smug from George Clooney's acceptance speech at the Academy Awards. George Clooney's acceptance speech? Did you hear it? He talked about how people in Hollywood are ahead of the curve on social matters. He even took credit for the civil rights movement. Look, the point is, the smug from his acceptance speech has been slowly drifting north since he gave it, and it's headed straight for the supercell. The South Park and San Francisco smug is already at critical mass. If it gets hit by George Clooney's acceptance speech, it will be a disaster of epic proportions. The perfect storm of self-satisfaction. We've got to tell the townspeople. South Park still has a chance to make it through the storm. What about San Francisco? Kid, thanks to your gay little song, there's not going to be a San Francisco. All right, so I wanted to bring up uh, George Clooney here because in season one of South Park, George Clooney is the first celebrity to make an appearance, a guest appearance, on that show. And... And he, he plays uh, the dog that Stan finds that ends up being gay. So, George Clooney, since that first episode in 1997, wound up winning the Academy Award uh, from the, or the 70, it was at the 78th Academy Awards, honoring the films released in 2005. Now, George Clooney won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor that year. The competition that, that year is actually pretty good because you had, besides George Clooney, Matt Dillon, Paul Giamatti, Jake Gyllenhaal, and William Hurt all nominated for Best Supporting Actor that year at the Academy Awards. So George Clooney does win the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. And I want to say he's been nominated once or two more times since that Academy Award win. That's a guess. 
Um, I, I, if I'm wrong, I, I admit it that I am wrong, but I, I, I want to say it's been like one or two more times since uh, he won the Academy Award that year. Now, this year, or this particular Academy Award is very interesting because, well, a number of reasons. It's John Stewart's first time hosting the Academy Award. Uh, this is also the year that Brokeback Mountain is out and is nominated for eight Academy Awards that year, including Best Picture, but loses to Crash. I'm going to say this right now for the record. Do not go see Crash. It is not that good of a film. Um, but yeah, George Clooney wins the Academy Award, and then he does this speech, which, to be honest with you, I don't remember the speech at all whatsoever. Um, okay, I'm actually wrong on my number. Since he wins the Academy Award in 2006, he is nominated three more times for an Academy Award in the acting department. Uh, he is nominated three times for best or for best actor uh or for Michael Clayton up in the air in the descendants loses all three times but hey you know one out of four times you know that's 25% that's not really that bad to be honest all right so back to the episode so now the town is meeting up and they're told that we have to stop the smug from coming because George Clooney's acceptance speech is is just going to keep going and if it doesn't stop we're all in trouble so Stan gets blamed for it and they're like actually you're right he does deserve the blame but that's not the point we have to get rid of all the hybrid cars in the town so Stan tries to go to get Kyle back, but they're like, no, you're you're gonna help us. Pardon me, you're gonna help us get rid of all these cars. Meanwhile, it is Cartman with Butters outside of San Francisco, and Cartman is going to be the one who goes to help get Kyle and his family out. What a twist! Now, of course, if you remember from last season with uh, Die Hippie Die, the sort of the culmination, I think, of Carmen against the hippies, uh, Carmen goes back into telling us, you know, why he hates hippies and all that. And he said he swore he would never set foot in San Francisco. But here, he's doing it. Now, I will say this. Um, I've never been to San Francisco. But my dad did. Uh, he was coming back from a tour of Thailand. And when he was coming back, they landed in San Francisco. And he was spit on and called names by the hippies that, uh, you know, were there berating him and other soldiers. And he never really forgave them for that. Which is why... Any team from San Francisco, he doesn't like. So. so, now we go to Stan, who 
is working on the hybrids. They're being compacted. And, you know, they've done the first half. Now they got to do the second half. Meanwhile, Cartman is on the streets of San Francisco in this... The, 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 uh, this protective device, protective wear. Let's say that it's a protective wear, and he's got a line hooked to his helmet, and he can only communicate with butters, which I think is a good thing in this situation. Um, so Stan then finishes the rest of the hybrid cars. Meanwhile, in San Francisco, here comes this big storm this storm is just coming by and it's mixing in with George Clooney's acceptance speech and the and the and the and the clouds of South Park and everyone has to go in they got to get safe Cartman goes in the Brofilovsky house tries to wake up uh, Gerald and Sheila can't do it so he then goes up into the boys room and tries to get Kyle and Ike out and then all of a sudden, you just see black screen. So the storm is hit. There's a lot of damage in South Park. And everyone is starting to clean up. And I even notice, and you got to be, if you watch this episode, you got to pay real close attention to this. There is one construction worker with no shirt on. I have no idea why I noticed that, but I did. So, then they mention how San Francisco is completely destroyed. It is gone. It, I mean, San Francisco is basically no more. But Clyde comes over, and, or not Clyde, um, crap, I forgot. One, one of the kids comes over and tells Stan that it's a miracle. We're, we're not sure what happened. Well, the Broflovskis managed to make it back to South Park. Unbelievable. So what happened is, and these are Gerald's words, a guardian angel must have been watching over us because we were put on a bus from San Francisco to go to South Park. And Cartman looks at Butters, gives him the quiet sign, and he's like, don't let him know. So... Now, after all this, you know, they've destroyed the hybrid cars, they're done with them, and Kyle's like, wait a minute, we didn't have this because of the hybrid cars. We had this because everyone who was driving a hybrid car was acting smug. You were all acting like this, this is why we had it. If we can drive the cars and not act smug, then we might be okay. And the people are like... Um, I, I don't think I'm quite ready for that yet. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm ready for that either. So they all decide we'll wait a little bit to uh, do that car or to drive a hybrid again. And we'll just try it in the near future. And then we get an ending where Cartman and Kyle get into an argument. And Cartman is happy to have Kyle back. And that is the end of this week's episode smug alert before i get into uh the idea where the idea of this episode came from i do want to mention that we did have a song featured on this episode and it is begin the beguin by Artie shaw I, I hope i pronounced that right 
Um, this was a popular song written by Cole Porter. Uh, Porter composed this song uh, between a, a cruise from Indonesia or in between uh, Indonesia and Fiji in 1935. Uh, it was introduced by June Knight in the Broadway musical Jubilee, which was produced at the Imperial Theater in New York City. Uh, so the Artie, uh, Artie Shaw song gained little popularity, perhaps because of the length of the song, which is three minutes, and unconventional form. Josephine Baker danced to it in her return to America in the Ziegfeld, uh, Ziegfeld Follies of 1936, but neither she nor the song were successful. Two years later, however, band leader Artie Shaw recorded an arrangement of the song, an extended swing orchestra version, in collaboration with his arranger and orchestrator, Jerry Gray. After signing a new recording deal with RCA Victor, Shaw chose Begin the Beguin to be the first of six tunes he would record with his new 14-piece band at this, his first recording session with RCA. The session was held at RCA's Studio 2 on East 24th Street in New York on July 24th, 1938. Until then, Shaw's band had been having a tough time finding an identity and maintaining its existence without having any popular hits of significance. His previous recording contract with Brunswick had lapsed at the end of 1937 without being renewed. RCA's pessimism with the whole idea of recording the long tune that nobody could remember from beginning to end anyway, resulted in it being released on the B-side of the record Indian Love Call, issued by, by Bluebird's rec, Blue, uh, Bluebird Records that year. Uh, B. Shaw's persistence paid off, though, when Begin the Beguin became a best-selling hit in 1938, peaking at number three, skyrocketing Shaw and his band to fame and popularity. The recording became one of the most famous and popular of the entire swing era. Subsequent re-releases by RCA Victor and other releases on LPs, tapes, and CDs have kept the recording readily available uh, continuously ever since its initial release. Uh, there have been other versions of this. I'm not going to mention them all, but I do want to mention a couple. Uh, Frank Sinatra released the version in 1946. Johnny Mathis recorded a disco version of this in 1978. Oh my, that uh, must be very interesting. And uh, Julio Iglesias released a version in 1981 and made it all the way to the number one position in the UK singles chart. As far as Artie Shaw goes, he lived to be 94 years old and was a master of the clarinet. He spent 24 years playing in the ba in bands. Uh, didn't do a lot of TV, didn't do a lot of films. Uh, he did receive, in 2004, a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Grammys. Because, you know, the Grammys really matter. Uh, Downbeat Magazine in 1938, their readers voted Artie Shaw's the best swing band. In response to Benny Goodman's nickname, the King of Swing, Shaw's fans dubbed him the King of the Clarinet. He felt the titles should be reversed. Benny Goodman played clarinet. I played music, he said. 
and longtime Duke Ellington clarinetist Barney Bagard cited Shaw as his favorite clarinet player. Uh, uh, Artie Shaw was married eight times. <laughs> um, very interesting. Um, he passed away really because of his health and mainly diabetes, which he had. So, where did the idea of this week's episode come from? The idea that hybrids cause smug and evolved from numerous true life experiences. Trey bought a Trey bought a hybrid for his mom, who reported that people and other hybrids regularly flashed her a self-satisfied thumbs up or shouted, "Good for you." Matt and Trey also attended a high-powered Hollywood function where all the big wigs owned hybrids, along with gas-guzzling private jets. Someone said in all seriousness that they needed to set an example. Trey thinks it's okay to feel good about doing good as long as you're not an effing dick about it. Okay, uh, this was very good. I enjoyed this episode. I think I enjoyed it more than last week's episode. Um, I think throwing in George Clooney's speech actually makes this better. Because, like I said, I don't remember that speech, but oh my gosh, way to, way to throw a jab at George Clooney. I'm going to give this a 9. That's going to be my score this week. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I really liked this episode. I think it's better than the season premiere. Um, I, I enjoyed this one. I really enjoyed this one. I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. Uh, reception. TV Squad's Adam Finley gave the episode a positive review, noting tons of great moments, from Stan's gay little song to Cartman being forced to don a vintage diver suit. IGN's Eric Goldman rated the episode an 8 out of 10, noting in particular the very funny take on San Franciscan's attitude and the hysterical plot twist of mocking George Clooney, who had previously provided the voice of a dog in the episode Big Gay Owls, Big Gay Boat Ride, as well as a doctor in the South Park movie. Oh my gosh, how could I forget that? We accidentally replaced the heart with a baked potato. You have about three seconds to live. Now you see, that's why Kenny wasn't in this episode, because he didn't want to deal with George Clooney again. <laughs> that's probably why. Uh, one other note to mention. This is the last episode with the Braniff Productions logo at the end of the episode. This is the last time that we are ever going to see it. So from this point on, uh, it is no more. So uh, this was used, or this was the production name uh, for the show for a while, named after the airline. The company used a five-second segment from a brand of commercial as their production logo at the end of each episode, from 1997 to 2006. However, the company's original logo was a monochrome scene of six men dancing in a chorus line without pants, with one man completely naked, which was only used on the unaired pilot of the show. The second logo was accompanied by a 12-note jingle derived from the song Spadoinkle from Parker's earlier film Cannibal the Musical. The company was renamed to Parker Stone Productions, later South Park Studios, in 2007. Uh, it would be a Spadoinkle day. 
Alright, so let's get to IMDB. Almost 2,000 people have rated this episode. It's right as of this recording. It is at 1,997. The average rating of this episode is an 8.2 out of 10. 442 people gave this a 10. 387 people gave it a 9. 608 people gave it an 8. Now, I'm, I gave this a 9, so that's going to be the grade I give it this week. 37 people gave it a 1. For males, the average rating was an 8.1. Their highest demographic, under 18, with an 8.3. Females particularly liked this episode more. The average female rating was an 8.5, with the highest demographic being 45 and over. Their average rating was a 9.4. Holy cow. Okay, well, we got a lot of reviews here, so why don't we just jump right into them. Uh, let's start with the earliest one, and this is from Bulletproof Claude, who wrote, This was an excellent episode on one of the best and seemingly uncensored shows on television. This episode captures the irritating haughty and stuck-up nature of many extreme liberals and environmentalists who believe that just because they drive a hybrid they are a superior race. Hysterical and quotable, one that no one will forget for a long time. The way the show is written illustrates the sheer perfection that resulted in this television series. With, and he puts a spoiler in here, Kyle being forced to move away after his father becomes too full of himself over his environmentalist mentality, prompting Stan to write a song about hybrid cars and leading to a smug storm resulting from the townspeople's attitude resulting in this change. Cartman has to attempt at rescuing Kyle, who is suffering in the strange San Francisco, seeing as due to his absence, Cartman is without someone to constantly make fun of, guaranteed to be hysterical. Next review is from move underscore on underscore rection who wrote in this episode there's a very very subtle moment that i found absolutely hilarious when the family arrives in san francisco and enter their new house for the first time i notice something absolutely perfectly placed almost hidden everyone is paying attention to the kyle's parents talking to the neighbors at their feet stands ike dressed in a brown suit and bowler hat. Why is he dressed like that? I'm guessing because he wanted to? If you notice how Ike behaves and acts in episodes previous to this, you'll notice he is very smart. Brilliant. Next review is from Gangsta... Oh, yeah, it is Gangsta Hippie who's next. Who wrote... Smug Alert is a pretty funny South Park episode. It makes references to hybrid cars and people becoming smug after owning them. This happens to Kyle's dad, who buys one and then becomes smug. He then leaves town along with the family to move to San Francisco, and Stan is sad. So he, is, so he makes a song that is pro-hybrid cars. Everyone starts buying a hybrid car, but Kyle's dad still likes the people in San Francisco. People who are very smug and like to smell their own farts. You know, I, I swear, that's something my nephews would come up with. Anyway, the kids all take LSD to help them cope with this, Kyle and Ike included. 
Stan then finds out that smug clouds get released into the air and when combined can destroy a city. Stan must save Kyle. Meanwhile, Cartman was at first happy that Kyle left. He started to pick on Butters, but Butters just took the insult so happy, or so Cartman was desperate to, to get Kyle back. Cartman goes to San Francisco to help save Kyle. Smug Alert is a pretty good episode in my opinion. Next review is from Rain Dog Jr. who wrote, Be sure to wear the same that Cartman. Well, Die Hippie Die was the second episode of season 9, and by watching this episode, or the second episode of season 10, Smug Alert, Die Hippie Die will be remembered by you since Stan will be seen trying to play an acoustic guitar and Cartman will go to San Francisco. Certainly, Smug Alert is a very good episode. Right now, I have seen the following episodes from season 10. Well, we just goes through that. I'll skip that part. In South Park, the only known guy who drives a hybrid is Kyle's father, Gerald, and now he thinks of himself as a superior guy because of his consideration and stuff. He is now a dick. He closes his eyes while talking, and now he thinks that his best friends are effing ignorant. So now, Gerald will be a citizen of San Francisco, where the Broflovsky family will find the place to live. Then is when we see Stan with his guitar. His song is hilarious, but for the people of South Park, he is right, so now Jim, or Randy, Jimbo, and everybody else are driving hybrids, certainly not knowing what are going to be the other consequences, a part of having less smog, smug. George Clooney gave a speech at the Academy Awards. Still, South Park has certain hopes, unlike San Francisco. Hilarious episode, and also we have a little Carbon and Butters adventure. Without Kyle, Butters is the new Jew for Cartman. We have two more that actually came out this year, believe it or not. A lot of these I read that are like 10, 15 years old. This review is actually very recent. From Agstenberg-28820, they wrote, My first ever review! Ever! Because I could not get how this episode only got 8.2 rating. For me, it is the best episode of them all. I loved it. I'm not really sure if it's the best episode of them all, but it is good. Uh, finally, from Angela Box, she wrote, This episode is priceless, but needs more homeless people and riots and gender pronouns. Get on it, Matt and Trey! So pretty much this is a very positive episode as far as uh, the fans are concerned. Alright, uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Sharks Pond 97 and join our Facebook group Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. If you can't find it, it's okay. I put the link in the description of each and every episode. Okay, now I want to explain what's going to be coming up here. The next episode is Cartoon Wars Part 1. However, if you didn't listen to last week's episode where I talked about HBO Max, which, by the way, go back and listen to that if you haven't, um, Cartoon Wars is not on HBO Max. So, what's going to happen is this. I will be getting, at some point, uh, a DVD of Season 10 of South Park. As soon as I get it, I will watch it, it will be reviewed, and you guys will get it on on a certain Friday. 
Not sure which Friday, but it will happen. So here's what is going to happen. One of two things will happen next week. Or your next episode, I should say. Your next episode will be either Cartoon Wars Part 1 or I'm going to do something special next week. Next episode. I'm not really sure what it's going to be. I have an idea in my head. I'm just not sure yet. So, um, consider this a little bit of a break from the show. Um, I know we're only two episodes in, but, you know, that's the way life works. Is Some episodes don't get put up, and others stay. That's how it is. Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. I will talk to you all next week here on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast.